Saul Alinsky said, accuse the other side of that which you're doing. The president thinks that there is an extremist threat to our democracy. Uh, the president has been clear as he can be on that particular uh, piece when we talk about a democracy, when we talk about our freedoms. Uh, the way that he sees is the MAGA Republicans are the most energized part of the Republican Party. Uh, the, that extreme, this is an extreme threat to our democracy, to our freedom, uh, to our rights. He also said, pick a target, isolate it, cut it off from its support base. The target is President Trump. They're trying to separate Republicans from Trump by othering mega. That woman speaks those words on a day that the FBI released what is very, very clearly a cherry picked photo. And in the opinion of someone who knows, probably a staged photo. Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Great, great thanks to you. I don't say it enough, and I got out of the habit. Terrible. I appreciate you listening to the podcast and sharing it with friends. I am a business guy first, far before I was a podcast host or radio host. So without you in that position, there is no me here. So thank you for that. Thank you also to Soda Weight Loss at sodaweightloss.com. Great partners of this program. And again, without whom there wouldn't be. The FBI is probably worse than we think. That's, that's saying something, that the FBI is worse than we think. This is also a day where there is one soundbite that crosses over both hours. Next hour, we're going to talk about, well, what's happening, but from a different perspective. There's a longtime listener to this podcast and to our show, radio show, and, um, and he says, he has a, a phrase called the city-state. That's exactly right. To describe Boise, Idaho as a city-state that is fighting against Idaho. That's what it is. Um, Salt Lake City, Utah is destroying Utah. These city-states are built by design. Uh, it is a Maoist approach. They view the cities as, as Mao uh, viewed the peasant villages. That's exactly how they view them. So there's this soundbite that we just played. And that's the spokeslayer from the White House pretending to care about democracy. And pretending that they want democracy. And pretending that the great risk to that are people who voted for Donald Trump. People who peacefully expressed their choice of candidate in the peaceful transfer of power are a risk, a threat to what they refer to as democracy. The more often people say the word democracy, the less they care for it. The great Mark Stein had said that that tyranny is always capricious. It is. It's capricious by design. Because part of the design of installing tyranny in a country is to get people to the point where they will follow what they know to be lies because it gives them an opportunity to put their boot on the neck of others. That's exactly 
what's going on in the city states. And it's exactly what's going on as the FBI demonstrates very clearly. This is not a mistake. The, the fact that they are showing right up front, there are two FBIs. There's the one for the party. You do whatever you want. And then there's one for people who oppose the party. And at that point, they'll do everything they can to crush you. That's not a mistake. They are firmly, firmly aware of the double standards. And we know where there's a double standard, there's a hidden agenda. One of the agendas is to transmit to everybody, you had better get on our side. You had either better shut up and pretend nothing is wrong, or you better get on our side. And it's, it's, it, you can make it as complicated as you want. But it really goes down to, to, to playground dynamics. Kids who are faced with the decision to either get behind the bully and stand on the bully's side or to be bullied, most kids will get behind the bully and they'll start to, they'll start to make fun of other kids. So, you know, you've got some kid who who's, has a terrible sin problem or whatever, just turned into a bully and, and that kid comes into a classroom and starts just, just trying to destroy other kids. Rhetorically, one would hope. The other children will back that play and they'll start belittling the other kid because they so do not want to be on, on the, on the downside of that. They don't want to be against the bully. So you can make it as complicated as you want, or we can just talk straight. So the Lord continues in his decision to make a very simple pass fail test. Super simple. The Lord continues to reveal that, yes, there are forces of evil in the United States and, and in the world because the Lord is God of the, of the world. Well, he's God of the universe. He's not the God of the United States. But he's continuing to show us who these people are. So when the spokeslayer says democracy, 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 they, they don't care about that. They're saying this in the same week that the FBI decided to release a photo that, that contends to show classified documents dumped all over the floor of President Trump's office. And in doing that, they hope to show that, oh, he was so careless. He just, he, he, he is a buffoon. It's all the things they've always said about Trump. Now, one of the things about um, President Trump that I've noticed, he, he seems pretty meticulous about things. He seems to be a little bit, um, one might even say, I don't want to say the phrase, you know, anal retentive. That's a silly phrase, but he seems to be a little bit like afraid of germs. In fact, he is classically afraid of germs. He seems to like things pretty tidy. I mean, I've seen a lot of pictures of his home and his offices. Um, he doesn't appear to like messes. He can certainly afford to have housekeeping so the FBI releases this photo during the same week that the, the both hapless and dangerous Merrick Garland has said to the FBI, don't talk to Congress. Do not talk to the people. Do not talk to the elected representatives, but, but leak photos. Leak photos that, that contend to show that President Trump left the nuclear codes laying around. Benny Johnson had Cash Patel on his program. And there's a link to Benny's show in the podcast uh, notes. So you can see this little uh, this little interview with Cash Patel. 
So Cash Patel was doxxed. The FBI decided to 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 include Cash Patel's name in their in what they didn't redact. And you know, so people can go find him. And I think he's used to that, but that was tactical. They did that on purpose to cause Cash Patel problems. And it has allowed Peter Strzok, the adulterous guy who was in the adulterous affair with a colleague, because you know that means they have good ethics. That's, that's a really good sign of, of people with high ethics. Not only are they cheating on their spouses, but they're doing it with someone at work. He did it with Lisa Page, also an FBI agent. They're the ones who talked about an insurance policy against Trump. That's an actual phrase, an insurance policy. They're the one who took the investigation in General Flynn that had already been cleared. That The FBI agents prior said, we see don't, there's no deception here. Guy's not trying to, he's not trying to lie. He's not trying to deceive anybody. They reopened the case and then they talked to each other. These two adulterous lovers. May, maybe we can get him to lie. Maybe we can get him to lie, meaning maybe we can lay out a perjury trap, which is what they did. So it caused Peter Strzok to say to Cash Patel, oh, oh, you better lawyer up. You better lawyer up, says Peter Strzok, who has never gone to prison for what he tried to do, which was an attempt to overthrow an election, because that's what he tried to do. And again, we can make it as complicated as you want. We can use all sorts of buzzwords about this, and it was complicated and nuanced. And no, it wasn't. They tried to, it was a coup. It was a coup attempt. And in some ways, sadly, it has been a successful coup attempt when they added COVID to the mix. So this is Cash Patel on with Benny Johnson on the Benny Johnson show. So first of all, uh, I, it is staged. Uh, that's I, I don't I wasn't there. I don't know if that's how they found him, but I doubt it. And those red and yellow things that you see on the floor are cover sheets. Those aren't classified. They're saying they're supposed to be used when you identify classified documents, but there's nothing on those cover sheets or any of the underlying documents which have white pieces of paper on them that the FBI and DOJ are showing. President Trump never declassified them. So it's incumbent upon the government who are bringing or looking to bring criminal charges and the burden of proof, me as a national security prosecutor, you know, is familiar with that, uh, to show that. What they are doing is trying this case in the court of public opinion because what they're doing from jump is to make sure Donald Trump never runs again. Now, be it through federal conviction that precludes them or so much dirt in the media that people get turned off. And all I see is this raid continuing to backfire because it's not being run by law enforcement. It's being run by government gangsters like Chris Ray and Merrick Garland. And it all goes back to Russiagate, the guys that I used to work for at the National Security Division as a terrorism prosecutor who authorized Russiagate are now the number two and three people in charge at DOJ under Merrick Garland who authorized this raid along with the same corrupt FBI crooks that trained and worked under Peter Strzok and Bill Priestap, Tybalt and company are the same people that work Russiagate. That worked Hunter Biden laptop. That worked the raid. You don't perp walk an FBI agent out of the building unless he did something wrong. It doesn't happen. Chris Ray has covered for these guys since the beginning. Chris Ray should have been fired and never appointed five years ago when Devin and I asked him to help us get to the bottom of Russiagate. He obstructed with Rod Rosenstein and company. Now these guys know they were on the precipice of releasing the other Russiagate documents that Devin and I could not release that Donald Trump declassified. And what do they do? They go raid Mar-a-Lago and say, oh, can't see anything anymore. We have an open investigation. And that's not all. And thank you to Benny Johnson, Cash Patel for that. But that that's not all. A funny thing happened while the FBI, which is worse than we had ever thought, 
when they had raided President Trump's office and sometimes home and resorts in Mar-a-Lago. Remember the, the, the affidavits, the, the, the search affidavit, you know what they asked to seize? Everything. Everything. All pieces of paper. Wow, look at this. Professor Jacobson, a good friend of the show at Legal Insurrection, points out, huh, the feds have identified a limited set of materials that potentially contain attorney-client privileged information completed in its review of those materials and is in the process of following the procedures set forth in paragraph 84 of the search warrant affidavit to address potential privileged disputes. So they have invaded President Trump's attorney-client privilege in a raid that they didn't need to undertake. They could have asked for the documents. They could have put heat on President Trump to give the documents back. The media would have been happy to play along with that. They didn't need to engage in the raid. When they engaged in the raid, they wouldn't let President Trump's attorneys, according to his attorneys, watch the process of the raid. They wouldn't let them even see what they were looking for. And now it turns out, oh, whoops. Oh, oh, did we scoop up some attorney-client privilege documents you were going to use to defend yourself? Because you know we're going to try to indict you? Oh, oh, we're following procedure. Don't worry, we're following procedure. No, you're not. You have, you have no believability. You haven't demonstrated any, any trustworthiness. You're not following procedures. So they're worse than we thought they were. Then there's this. And this is from the New York Post. Miranda Devine, who is all over this story. Weird that, that for two years... The FBI apparently had access to the cloud computer storage of Rudy Giuliani. That's really odd, isn't it? Two years, they were able to go in and any time they wanted to go read what Giuliani had in emails, assuming that he stored his emails in the cloud, and most people do. That would mean that they would have had access to the email from the computer repair store owner saying, hey, I found this thing and it, uh, it, appears, to be, it appears to be the laptop of Hunter Biden. And they would have had the email from John, John Paul Mark Isaac or John Paul Mac Isaac. They would have known then it was coming from a computer repair store, not from Russia. Or maybe they were thinking that a guy who runs a computer repair store is actually a longtime plant for Putin that's been playing the long game of having a computer repair store for a couple of decades. Maybe there's that. So they waited till when to say what about these documents? Or probably the Hunter Biden laptop. They waited until the moment of the election. They knew it was going to be used. And now, 
there is decent reason to believe that the Democrat National Committee followed up with Facebook following the FBI statement to Zuckerberg, and it was a statement. You're going to sink the Hunter Biden story. Now, this will be coming to form detail next week. But the DNC suddenly following up, and by the way, that's that's not rare, guys. That sort of cooperation is not rare. And anybody who tells you that there's a firewall between the political offices of, of the Republicans and the Democrats and the official offices, they're lying. There is no firewall. The, the way this scam works, let me give you an example. When, Congress, when congressmen and women need to raise money, they're not supposed to do it from their offices. So they walk, the, the, the longest walk would be 15 minutes from Longworth over across the street to the offices, the, the Republican National Committee building. So there's the RNC there, there's the NRCC, there's the NRSC. They walk 15 minutes, they sit down in an office, they do their fundraising calls and they go back. There's no wall. There's no wall between Democrats at the FBI and Democrats at the DNC. Now, there are individual operatives. I've met them who will say, I can't tell you that. There's individual operatives who are good. I would assume godly people who say, oh, gosh, I can't tell you that. I can't even let you see that. I can't confirm that I've ever even been there. Th those people exist, but they're not the ones running things. And that's so evident. And it goes back to tyranny is always capricious. And it goes back to what are we seeing within the FBI? There's agents, I'm sure, in the FBI going, man, this is so nasty. This is so dirty. I got to say something, but I am two years from retirement. I can't afford to be taken out of the building like Timothy Talbot was taken out of the building. And yet there's a dozen whistleblowers who've gone to Chuck Grassley and Jim Jordan. 12 people who are saying this is a politicized process. And we all know that, that it's a politicized process. But maybe we'll clean this up. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's good news. There's a new hire coming to the FBI. And, and, and certainly this, this, this will clean this whole thing up. We'll get to that in a second. But on the topic of this agent being walked out of the building, this is a guy who, as Cash Patel was talking about, is at the center of every single hoax investigation and attack against President Trump. And it is an attack against you because remember, remember who the target is here. It is not President Trump. The president thinks that there is an extremist threat to our democracy. Uh, the president has been clear as he can be on that particular uh, piece when we talk about a democracy, when we talk about our freedoms, uh, the way that he sees is the MAGA Republicans are the most energized part of the Republican Party. Uh, the, that extreme, this is an extreme threat to our democracy, to our freedom, uh, to our rights. This is the same guy who's accused of purging the FBI of people who didn't want to be injected. Hey, what do they have common in common politically? Most people who didn't want to be injected are Republicans. He's accused of purging people who attended the J6 rally. Not, not, not that they did anything wrong, but they went to go watch a sitting president speak. And long ago, during the great, great purge of people who wouldn't take the injections, we were saying at the time, this is a, this is a calling of the police forces. 
I was saying that in the separate country of Washington state. This is the perfect way to make sure that people with dangerous minds, we talked about this this week. It was a way to get people with dangerous minds out of the business of law enforcement. What they want is people who will take ridiculous orders based upon ridiculously obvious lies because you can't install tyranny based upon honesty. Tyranny and honesty have no relationship together. So this guy Tobolt is being walked out of the FBI probably because he's become an internal threat, probably because people are going to be now whistleblowers saying, here's your guy. And the FBI gets to say, oh, oh, well, this is a this is an HR issue. Oh, oh, yeah, we can't comment on any of that. It's a human resources issue. Oh, plus, yeah, we've launched an internal investigation into this Uh We've, so we can't possibly discuss that. No, we can't possibly discuss what we rated Trump for. That's there's a criminal investigation or a civil. So we can't we can't say anything. Can you believe it that the FBI is worse than they thought we were? Than they than we thought they were. They already probably think we're worse than they thought they were. Than they, they thought we were. Getting the Joe Biden disease. Getting it bad. Don't buy soap because of what I'm going to say. Don't do it. In fact, I just want to take a second and thank you for the prayers for young Alan. He is the chief soap officer at Alan's Artisan Soaps. Uh, as you know, he went through surgery this week. I have news from his family that at one point during surgery, um, his heart stopped for about two minutes. And the doctors were very confident uh, that he was going to be okay, but you never know. So I just want to stop and ask you to pray for Alan and for his family. No soap in this, in this discussion. It is simply a request that would you add your prayers? And may I suggest something? A prayer of gratitude. Thank you for giving Alan grit. Lord, thank you for giving Alan bravery. His dad told me that just before the surgery, and he's been through a bunch of them, you guys. At Allen's Artisan Soaps, he works every day despite physical pain, cannot form sentences verbally. He just said to his dad, I'm scared. And he did have the heart stop. He was in the ICU. I have my fingers crossed today. Well, more importantly, I've, I pray to the Lord um, that he will recover from this. I have a picture of him now sitting up. And this was a spinal surgery. It's a serious event. I have a picture of him sitting up in the ICU. I have a picture of him sleeping. And it appears that the Lord is already healing his body. So I just wanted to stop and thank you for the prayers for this 12-year-old boy who will have seen more surgeries than most people will ever see in their life. And again, don't buy soap because of what we just talked about. That's not the focus of this. The focus is right now just to add your prayers. The Lord is the ultimate physician. The Lord Jesus is with this family and that the Holy Spirit continues to guide Alan towards bravery and just knowing that no matter what happens, he rests in the arms of the Lord Jesus. Man, quite a comparison, isn't it? FBI to purity like that. So the FBI is is worse than we thought, but maybe the new hire will clean that all up. Peter, uh, the president's adding to the Intelligence Advisory Board. 
Yes, Jeremy Bash, a former CIA chief of staff who worked for then-director Leon Panetta and has since gone on to uh, work at MSNBC as an analyst, uh, who also signed on to that letter we've covered many times with other Intel officials claiming that stories about Hunter Biden's laptop have all the, quote, classic earmarks of a Russian information operation is going to be the newest member of the president's intelligence advisory board. It's worth pointing out that after that letter was signed by Bash and others, Hunter Biden himself came out to say he doesn't know if that laptop infamously dropped off at a repair shop in Delaware was his or not. Brett? Okay, we'll continue to follow that story. Peter Ducey live on the North Lawn. Peter, thanks. Obviously, Brett Bear's show on Fox, Peter Ducey. Uh, but now we know... <laughs> Now uh, we've known for for two years that it was Hunter Biden's laptop. The FBI knew it was Hunter Biden's laptop. They're worse than we thought they were. The Daily Caller points something out that is pretty disturbing. And that is they say that the um, the the that Garland's the hapless and dangerous. And that's a really that's a horrific combination. A guy who is hapless and dangerous because he knows he's hapless. He knows he's an ineffectual uh, paper bully. And that's one of the reasons he enjoys paper bullying because it's the bullying he can do. He can't do any other form of bully. He can't bully intellectually. He can't bully physically. Well, but of course he has people who work for him who will bully physically on his behalf. And I don't know what, what gifts the Lord gave him because the Lord gives us all gifts. I don't know what gifts this man has. There has to be something um, but I, I also think that we don't spend enough time talking about how dis, uh, how just sucked in by evil these people are. So we'll get to that in a second, these, these extra charges that they could bring against President Trump. But the Saul Alinsky approach to this, what they're attempting to do is to take Republicans and separate them from mega Republicans. And the way this is going to work and the way it will unfold in campaign time is you will have the media, Mockingbird Media, when they have a Republican on, they will say, so are you a mega Republican or a Republican? That's exactly what they'll do. There's going to be ads, TV ads and Internet ads that run out and, and put a list together of mega Republicans. There's going to be take the anti-mega pledge. And what they're trying to do is ease the way for Republicans to say, well, I'm not MAGA, so therefore I can't vote for anyone who has anything in common with President Trump. And what they're trying to do is open the door to swing voters to go vote Democrat or create swing voters. And in the language they're using, you have the spokes liar for the White House. You pay her money and she is expressing an opinion that she doesn't even believe. There's no chance she believes that people who walk into a voting booth or are forced to mail in their ballots or some people who choose to mail in their ballots, there's no way that she believes that voting is an act of domestic terrorism. This is one of the points about tyrannies always being capricious. She knows that's a lie. As, as, as intellectually bereft as she seems to be, she knows that's a lie. But it doesn't matter because the lie serves exactly what they're trying to get done. And this is part of why next hour we're going to talk about these city-states. The city-states are living proof that you can get people to follow obvious lies that are obviously harming them, obviously creating danger. But the biggest danger is, oh, I might not be liked. So from the Daily Caller, they have an opinion. 
that there are other things that the that the the governments and the hapless but dangerous Merrick Garland might be able to do to President Trump. 18 U.S. Code 2071 disqualifies individuals who willfully and unlawfully remove records from all U.S. offices, finding them imprisoning them up for up to three years or both. Presidents can only take official documents of a purely private or non-public character from the White House under the Presidential Records Act, according to Reuters. All right. So there's an opportunity for them to indict President Trump with the goal of putting him in prison for three years. Garland said on August 11, he personally authorized the raid. Despite a senior Biden administration official telling Newsweek he had not been informed about it beforehand. So that's one way that they feel that they could charge him three years in prison. And in th- th- this description of that doesn't mention classified. So it, they need not be classified. The documents. Now, there are people at the at the FBI and this is a view from Red State, Bocci or Bonchi writing at Red State says, look, look, let's take the optimistic view in this. There are people at the FBI because Timothy Talbot has been helped out of the FBI, has been perhaps made to resign that it means that there are honest people left at the FBI. Do we believe that? Yes, because human nature is there are honest people, but this is the effect of the bullying. And it's why it's so important to understand why they do this bullying. And leadership conveys culture. Leadership creates culture. Joe Biden doesn't lead this party. Joe Biden doesn't lead this White House. The collection of people who run important areas of of this, this regime are Obama people. What do we know about Barack Obama? What informed his entire political career? Alinskyism. How did he wield that? The FBI, pick a target, conservative donors, isolate it, name them, take them to the FBI and the DOJ, cut them off from their support base. Time and again, he did it selling Obamacare, the same party that has forced people to get injected with a a, a medically useless and all too often injurious and very often deadly mRNA injection, that same party, Barack Obama gave speeches saying, that the reason some doctors were against Obamacare was because they, they they took people's organs out for money, that they did dental procedures for money, that he said, he, in a press conference, talked about doctors removing organs that didn't need to be removed just for money. This is the same, this is the same party that sponsors hysterectomies for 11-year-old girls who become gender confused or gender defiant. The same exact party. Tyranny is always capricious. And patterns are patterns. And the Barack Obama pattern is absolutely all over this. So the spokeslier says it's mega Republicans that are a threat to democracy. Well, let's test that out with a couple of things that happened over this past week. Let's just, we'll just test the theory to see if she has anything to do with the truth here. And we'll do that by looking at another agency because the theory is culture comes from leadership. Someone is leading this and it ain't Joe Biden. So let's look at the patterns and the culture and see if we can't figure out who might be leading this. Like we don't know. My friend, Zach Abraham is scheduled to join us Friday. I say scheduled because something tells me 
He might give himself a vacation. <gasps> a vacation? Yeah, he does have a family. Um, you'll hear Zach every Friday, and we hope you get him this Friday. And I want you to track back from the first time you heard Zach Abraham. First time we interviewed him, what did we talk about? We talked about the fixed game and the rigged game. We're just on the topic of culture comes from the top. What do we see at the Fed? Well, we have infinite cash, but we need to raise taxes. Uh, it's illegal for you to store X amount of actual physical gold, but it's, it's totally fine for them to conjure digits and then hand it out to BlackRock's companies and Vanguard's companies. In other words, the same exact behavior, the same exact treatment, the same exact kind of tyranny that comes from these financial systems. We started to talk with that, Zach about that many, many months ago, eight months ago. Now there's this, what do we see coming? Uh, well, it appears that Europe is having problems letting people keep the lights on. Didn't we start talking about that eight months ago? Uh, it seems that there's some supply chain issues now with, uh, with gasoline. Oh, wait, didn't we talk about that happening before Russia and Ukraine? Now, I am not here to tell you that Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management is a soothsayer or has some crystal ball. He'll be the first to tell you he doesn't. What he has is awareness and honesty and a, willing to, a willingness to speak the truth about what's happening in our financial world and then to tell you, hey, sorry, that's the financial world. And his risk management focus helps us get into that world without getting owned right? So that we earn profits and that we grow our wealth. That's the goal. The tactic is risk management. And I just described the riskiest possible area. So you can go talk to the people to say, oh, it's all good. It's all up and down. The Fed's our friend, or we can work with Zach Abraham or Capital Management. It's 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor, representative of Czech Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. Yeah, see, culture, culture comes from the top. Culture comes from the top. It's the same thing. The um, Department of Homeland Security. Let's, let's recall that they were, wait, they were also colluding with Facebook. Remember this? Josh Hawley made it very clear through discovery of documents that the Department of Homeland Security, who didn't want to turn the documents over, who lied about what was in the documents, who lied and said, oh, oh, no, no, no. The disinformation board, oh, no, that's just a think paper. That's, oh, oh, well, okay, so we had some meetings. It's just a think group. It's just a, it's just a committee. We just get together and talk. No, it's not. No, it's not. It was a politically active group that was interfacing with and colluding with Facebook to crack down on misinformation about the border and about illegal immigration and about vote fraud. So we have the FBI and we have Facebook. We have the DHS and we have Facebook. Let's recall some things about the time that Barack Obama was in office. Barack Obama put observers, government observers in newsrooms 
<laughs> he put government employees in newsrooms just to see how news was reported, to, to see if it was being reported fairly. How do you feel when you're being followed by a cop? Truly, I mean, we're, look, come on, you, you guys, we're, we're adults, we're of age, we're unlikely to get arrested. But even to this day, it, look, if, if I'm getting followed by a cop and a police officer, I'm, I'm doing all the checklists. Wait, did I pay my registration? Yeah, I got my registration. Wait, do I have my proof of insurance with me? Oh my gosh, I think we got new insurance cards. And then I'm thinking, wait, what, what did I do? Wait, maybe it was speeding through that area because I do tend to speed a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of like the five to seven miles an hour over in the freeway guy. I'm more like five these days. I'm getting old. How would you feel in a newsroom as you're having a discussion about the Obama administration and there's someone who works for Barack Obama sitting in your newsroom? You talk about the coordination. You talk about the staging. When Obamacare was being shoved down our throats, there was this very famous uh, press conference where a bunch of doctors were in the audience. Do you know how that happened? What they did was the doctors were there to learn about Obamacare. Then Barack Obama's people said, hey, we're going to go out to the Rose Garden and Barack Obama is going to give us some brief comments. Um, so would you come and join us while he gives these comments? And then they said, hey, um, funny thing, we have some doctor coats, some of the white lab coats. And hey, weird, we have some stethoscopes here. Would you put those on? They staged it. And I, I, maybe one of the doctors said, but I don't think so. Like, hey, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to be your staging platform. They sat there because it's the president, because it's the White House, because you're intimidated. They had that. So the pattern is very, very clear that Barack Obama set about ratcheting up from bias to the media participating in things. So on this topic of the party and culture from the top, the so-called mayor of New York has received some 7,600 what this, this article calls migrants, which, you know, that's what they mean is, is obviously illegal immigrants, New York Post. And... <laughs> Eric Adams, the so-called mayor of, of New York City, is demanding. Now, federal monies, there's no support. Our, our homeless camps, are, we're, our, our, our aid, we're being shut down. What do you think happens in the small towns in Texas? Tyranny is always capricious. There's always two sets of rules. The point of allowing the border to be overrun in Arizona and Texas is so they can say it's saturated. What political thesis was about saturating the United States systems with overflow? What was that? Cloward Piven. Who was Cloward and Piven? Well, Piven is still alive. Francis Fox Piven. They were leftist professors of the Alinsky brand. They took Alinsky's framework for destroying a country rhetorically and with political tricks, and they operationalized it. Your country runs on money, flood it with money, inflation. Your country runs on law and order, flood it with criminals. Flood it so that it can't condemn. Your country is a, is a Republican form of democracy where people vote, flood it with voters, flood it with fake voters, hence motor voter, hence the, the drive to put people across the border and then turn them into voters. It's the same technique. 
over and over again. And Barack Obama was an adherent to Saul Alinsky. The pattern is set. It was Obama who used the IRS to intimidate DO, to intimidate conservative voters, then gave it to the DOJ, who then went after the conservative donors, the DOJ illegally with that information. We have some questions for you. Hi, we're with the FBI. We have some questions about your political donations. Everybody see the pattern? There's this. You, you guys remember the um, Ruby, uh, the, the Bundy Ranch affair? Now, there's a lot to that. I mean, a whole lot. It's a reminder, this was in Nevada, a family called the Bundys, who are actually from North Idaho, as I call, as I recall, um, had some property. They were on lease from the federal government. There was a whole dispute about, did they pay the lease? The feds said they didn't. The Bundys said they did. And the feds came in and were going to seize their assets and their cattle. And, and, and there were people who went down armed and took strategic positions to say, you're not going to, there's not going to be a Waco, Texas here. You're not going to come down and murder people. You're not going to have a, a, a Ruby Ridge. You don't get to do that to the Bundy family. So armed men, largely men, went down and they took up strategic positions and it was a spooky scene. I, to me, it freaked me out because you had Americans very ready to shoot FBI and ATF. It was a standoff. I fully understand I fully understand the reason they went down. I have a friend of mine who went to that. And I, I fully understand the reasoning. But to me, it's a very scary thing to see American on American. Law enforcement and citizens with guns drawn at each other at an event like that. You will remember that that eventually led to a court hearing in somehow in Oregon. And you will remember that it involved, I think it was, I know it was at least one murder by an FBI agent who murdered a guy and shot another. And this is when members of who were supportive of the Bundy people seized a wildlife facility. Now, this was a building uh, uh, like two, maybe three hours from town. They seized it under protest. Oh, you're going to take our land. We'll take yours. N no one was at risk. There was nothing to burn down. There was four feet of snow on the ground and they sent out the feds and they shot a guy, they killed a guy and the video makes it very, very clear that it is murder. Now, that, that's just a refresher. Remember that? That was national news. That that begot a, uh, a an entire year of court focus and year of, oh, these extremists. Well, did you hear what happened at a, uh, a place called Anderson Distillery and Grill in Roanoke, Texas. It's weird because maybe you haven't heard about this and the FBI shows no interest in this. It's so weird, except it's not because it fits the pattern. Cheerney is always capricious. They're showing the left. You can do whatever you want to do. I get to have dinner tonight with a loved one, family member I've known, well, my whole life, very close to her. This is week five of the Soda Weight Loss Program. I guess what I want to share with you is it's one thing for me to sit on a microphone and to chat with you. And I've met a lot of you, but most of you have not had the pleasure and the honor of meeting and to speak about Soda Weight Loss. And my 150 pounds I've lost, um, kept that off, successfully took off the seven that came back on and went back to the soda protocol. That's gone as of this week. 
Took me about three weeks. Uh, I could talk to you about their healthcare providers. I talked to you about the food they provide, the, the one-on-one advice and counseling, not, not therapeutic counseling, but, but weight loss counseling, fat loss counseling with nutritionists. I can tell you about the reviews, but here's, I think what I want to convey to you. Like, I'm not looking you in the eye right now, but if I were, I would, I would tell you, so do weight loss is the best at this. But to say that to a beloved family member and as close a blood relative as you can have, I, I, I hope that means something. And let me say it this way. Okay, I don't want to cast aspersions and I don't want to bear false witness. I would just say that my philosophy in, in bringing partners under the show is that I need to know I need to know it works. I need to touch it and feel it and know. And you wouldn't do anything with a family member, medical, if you didn't know, right? Well, that's it with soda weight loss. So I give you the same invitation that I gave my loved one. And the crazy thing is she's a liberal, not a, she's not a leftist. She's not Antifa. She's a, she's an old fashioned Democrat. And Funny thing is, she asked me, I said, well, you know, these are our partners with the show. This is going to benefit the show. She goes, I know. <laughs> it's sodaweightloss.com. Soda stands for state of the arts because they are sodaweightloss.com. All right. Um, I used to get cautioned against this when I was in radio. I would get, if someone has a, was a new producer or fill-in producer for, for me, I would get a note back on my show sheet because the way I used to work in radio, is I would outline the show. These are the articles. Stuff is going to be based upon. Please grab this audio. So I would put red tags next to stories that say audio. And then the producer would go through the, in the show sheet and they would grab that audio. And if there's a film producer, I'd always get this note back. Uh, this is just am- ambient audio. I, I, didn't, I didn't grab it because it's ambient. And I would have to say, I, I watched it. I, I, I know it's ambient. Uh, well, um, we're, we're told not to run ambient audio on, on the program. By who? Well, in broadcasting school, they said don't, uh, don't ra- radio, don't run ambient audio. Are we in broadcasting school now? Well, no. Did I go to broadcasting school? Mm. No. Am I the host? Mm-hmm. I would appreciate it if you'd grab the audio. Okay. And I love you. I know. This is ambient audio. Let me describe the scene. It's outside of a bar, Anderson Distillery and Grill in Roanoke, Texas. They had themselves what is oxymoronically called a family-friendly drag show. Ain't no such thing. And this is, um, you hear music and a man is coming out to dance. I do not body shame. I describe, I'm describing a scene. Um, your body size is immaterial to who you are. This is a very, very large man bordering. Well, not bordering. This is a very obese man. Um, he is in a, uh, a stripper's jumpsuit. The kind of thing that they wear before they take it off with an absurd wig. All of these men uh, have, uh, they, they appear to have porn fetishes. The women they pretend to be are the sort of uh, porn star stripper sex doll that 13-year-old boys read about in the back of, of 
of nasty magazines. Dear Penthouse, I never thought this would happen to me, but the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders stopped outside my house and came inside. That sort of stuff. He is coming out of this building and he is, well, gyrating and at one point drops to the uh, to the ground and engages in some pelvic thrusts because it's important that, that people watch that, kids. There is a young kid in this video. And at first glance, it appears to be a boy, but you know, what, what is a boy? Um, he, that, that young kid who appears to be a boy, maybe 11, um, then screams in delight at this man dressed as a woman as this young kid is shoving, I think it looks like money into this, this man's clothes. And when that boy screams, it sounds an awful lot like a girl. That's the editorial comments. Oh, there's something going on in the background. It's kind of important. Oh yeah, it's related to the Bundy Ranch. So there's the big, huge dude. The suit is gold. The hair is gold. Oh, those little kids, they love it. And the parents, oh, woo! And what are you wooing? What are you wooing? Honey, that's a man dressed like a woman. It's fascinating. Oh, get the kids, get the kids up on your shoulder. Make sure you can see. There's a point here where this little boy or girl screams. Coming back out, shoving money into the jumpsuit. Gyrating on the ground. Pelvic thrusts, very important. Mindlessness. Oh, but, oh, I forgot to tell you, there's people in sniper positions. Antifa was there. And with, you know those AR-15s that no one needs? They needed them. They're there guarding that event. They're on rooftops. Ready to shoot people. I wonder if there would be any way for the police to intervene in that. Well, yeah. Open carry's legal. Yeah, it is. In, in Texas, I think it is. There's always a way. The Bundy Ranch feds with a history of killing people, ATF leadership, Waco, Ruby Ridge, went down to a group of conservatives. Fellow conservatives showed up with guns. You're not going to shoot our guys today. Thank God. Thank the Lord Almighty. No one was killed. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. National news. This is conservative news. So, who was it again who said, I think Hispanics need to punish their enemies? Was that Barack Obama? Who was it again who said, today I want to talk to Hispanics and Asians. There are people who want to take what you've gained. Was that Barack Obama? Was he the licensor or the beginner, the guy who signed off on men or women in, this, in the colleges? Yes, he was. Title IX? Yes, he was. The FBI is worse than we thought because of the man who's running it. I haven't proven the case that Barack Obama's behind all this, but I've come pretty close. We have motive. 
We have his own confession that if he could run things behind the scenes, he would love to do that. We have pattern recognition. We have his people crawling all over the White House, all over the figurehead, including the odious Susan Rice. We have an extension of his behaviors, an extension of his goals. We have the Alinsky effect up front, close and personal. We have Cloward Piven being practiced. We have it all, including Russiagate, which was birthed in the White House of Barack Hussein Obama. Mm -mm -mm. The FBI is worse than we thought because Barack Obama is, dare I say it, worse than we thought. Oh, there's one more thing. Just one more thing. When you listen to this, are you praying for Barack Obama? And for Joe Biden? And for Susan Rice? I didn't say pray that they win. Pray that they turn. Pray that the Lord touches them. If the Lord chooses to not touch them, chooses to not soften their hearts, we can reasonably and very biblically pray that he would remove them from any influence on our country, any influence on our children. It's blatant and obvious evil. And Satan has very few tricks, but he's really good at the ones he has. And one of the ones he has is anger and rage and hate. I hate what the FBI has become. I love the Lord Jesus. He loves them and wants them to repent. And if they won't, then he'll come as judge. He will still love them at the same time as he says, you chose your path of darkness forever. I still love you. And you chose. Let's not be fooled by the enemy into passively choosing to go against what God would have us do in relation to how we treat our neighbor, even our enemies. And that is that we pray for them because we love God and he told us to. This is the Todd Herman Show. We rely upon you sharing it with your friends through the podcast app that is so very important or the old fashioned way on the website through email. Now, please go be well, be strong, be kind, and practice, please, the hardest thing in all of being a discipled person. I really believe this, a sincere prayer for these people. And if they will not repent, that God Almighty would remove them from any realm of influence.